0: Hey, you guys, I just wanted to take this opportunity and to let you know we have the up-and-coming Game Changers Summit live coming up on January 27th to twenty nine. a three-day virtual experience with 24 world-class game-changing leaders from around the world. Uh, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship, marketing, branding, personal development, health, uh, Self mastery, business, and leadership, just to mention a few. Uh, we're going to be featuring Dr. John D. Martini, Marshall Goldsmith, Bob Berg. Uh, we're going to be featuring the uh, Instagram influencer Natasha Grano and many, many more. Now you can you can become a participant in the Game Changer Summit Live for free. All you have to do is go to the following URL: https: colon forward slash forward slash www.thegamechangerssummit.com forward slash sign up hyphen form for more information click on the link below uh, because honestly this is probably the David versus Goliath of all summits it is the summit of the year see you soon take care and we'll see you there this is the game changers experience Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we actually have a very special episode. Uh, it is the Game Changers Summit Extra Edge, I suppose I like to call it, or extra extra snapshot or whatever it is. But we're going to be uh, having a spotlight on certain speakers uh, within the summit and and We're going to have a a great show today. We're with uh, Rory Atkinson. And Rory is a digital marketing and branding specialist based in South Africa. He's worked, uh, him and his clients, uh, him and his firm has worked with uh, a variety of different international clients from around the world and companies. And uh, in, in order to help them relaunch their marketing campaigns, which, uh, you know, marketing is such a big field uh, to, to really kind of get to grips with. And, and uh, you know, Rory is has uh, got a great some great expertise and some great gems that he's going to share with you today. So just want to say uh, uh, welcome to the Game Changers experience, uh, Rory. How's it going, Adam? (laughs) It's nice to see you, man. It's nice to see you again. It's always nice to chat with you. eh?
1: I haven't actually uh, had a good chance to catch up with you for a little bit, uh, except for last week when we were jumping on that um, Clubhouse together. Absolutely.
0: I I don't know if you guys are on Clubhouse, but if if you're not on Clubhouse, you need to be. By the way, if you're thinking, oh, how do I get on Clubhouse? Right. You need to have an Apple phone for a start. And it's only in beta mode. But anyway, that's a whole new conversation. We, we're going to talk about that uh, <laughs> another, uh, another day. But listen, I know that before you got into marketing, because uh, you're in South Africa, you're in Cape Town, South Africa, lo- yes. lo- beautiful country. Yeah. And I know that you were in in rescuing businesses beforehand, before you got into marketing, right?
1: But yep. how did yeah, you... No.
0: <laughs> how did, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated because like... know rescuing businesses and marketing two very different remits as i like to call it but how did you how did you kind of make the transition why did you make the transition into into the marketing field so i mean
1: it's kind of interesting when i when i started off in the business turnaround i sort of fell into it as a as an industry and i was doing it with uh, I, i got the opportunity to buy my first really crappy bankrupt business that you know was absolutely ruined at the time (laughs) and losing money faster than I could make it (laughs) anyway so I when when I got involved in that I learned very quickly the value and power of marketing and I developed a keen interest in it already back then and then when I did my next business my next one and my next one and my next one uh, I ran into this consistent problem that actually I didn't have time to do all my own marketing anymore so I did what most business entrepreneurs do you know I went to a marketing company and I sat down with his marketing company. And I had a long conversation with them about the needs of my types of businesses, price points, and, you know, how we were going to go about it and all the rest of it. And they were fully on board, promising the world. And like every other person out there that's experienced a marketing company in the last 10 years, I got overcharged and underdelivered. like you can't believe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I've experienced and it, that
1: as many of us have. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. I hate that crap. It drove me mental. And and in particular, there was one thing that really the, the last sort of straw that broke the camel's back was I was busy looking at setting up a new website, both in a personal branding site for myself, and then also a, a, a new website for my consulting firm, which I'd started by that time, a business consulting firm. And I, I, I basically took it to them and they told me that i had to pay at the time it was about seventy five thousand rand per website so what's that at the time it was about seven and a half thousand us dollars per website wow and these were not complex websites that i was looking for they were fairly straightforward sites um and 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 i said you know i don't know at the time but okay fine you know i've done some work with you guys you guys deliver some good work but i mean that's a little excessive anyway Cut kind a of long story short, I ended up just doing all the design work, all the copywriting myself, all the color schemes. I chose all the images. I basically designed the damn site myself. Short of writing the code, <laughs> I built the bloody site. <laughs> and I just said, screw this. And then I met this young guy, um, Nick Findlay, uh, who's actually my business partner. And... Um, and he was still at university at, at Cape Town studying uh, computer science. Mm-hmm. And so I said to him, hey, listen, you know, um, we met this business summer. I said, you know, yes, oh, I've had this horrible experience with a web developer. He says, well, why don't you let me take a crack at it? I build websites. Okay, sure. Here, here's a client of mine. Go build a website for them. And this is what I want. And I gave him almost no information. And he came back with a beautiful website that produced you know a hundred and something sales in the first week and i was just like damn okay this guy knows this shit. so i said to him after about a month or two of of like handing him the odd project i said hey listen nick why don't you uh, why don't you um come and work sort of semi-exclusively for me and uh, i'll give you some referrals to other people as well as not just my cl- uh, my clients on the consulting side and and turnaround side And then I thought, no, do you know what? This is silly. Let's build a business. I've got enough work here that that's viable. And so that's what we did. Uh, So that's kind of how I landed up in it. And Mm -hmm. the foundation of our business was we don't want to be like every other web developer out there that delivers crap service to people. And obviously, Mm -hmm. that naturally evolved into marketing, digital marketing over time um, Mm -hmm. as we needed to hand further services to clients. So, yeah, that's kind of the journey that we took to get there.
0: Nice. (laughs) Very cool. Very no. good. Yeah, I, I can definitely, um, I, 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 even with uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure that they could probably empathize uh, about the whole kind of being overcharged and under-delivered type of thing. Listen, I mean, every client that comes to us, we listen to the horror story.
1: Every single client that's come yeah. to us has got yeah. a horror story to tell us. But you, and, um, but you yeah, know what? what it, sometimes,
0: but sometimes it's actually not, I was going to say, it's actually partially the person's fault as well. And, oh, absolutely. you know, because I'm, I'm a big believer, Rory, in, in due diligence, right, making sure that, you know, <laughs> if you can talk the talk, right, you've got to be able to walk the walk, right? Absolutely. You know, and, 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 for, and for me... Like the people that I hang around with, I know that they're going to deliver the results. They're going to, especially, you know, because at the end of the day, it's my reputation. It's my branding, (laughs) right? So I don't want to be associated with some loser that like makes some promises and doesn't deliver on them because they're just going to get a slap from me. (laughs) And More importantly, they're going to get a slap. But anyway, it's all good. But listen, let's talk marketing because I know that marketing is a bit of a minefield, right? Oh man, it, it, 2021 marketing is, it's, it's, woo, it's fun. I mean, you and I had that chat last
1: week about some of the brand algorithm stuff. And, oh, oh man, 2021's marketing world has changed in a big way from, mm. from, I mean, this is the thing that people don't get about the new digital marketing age. Mm-hmm. It changes so quickly. I mean, mm. I, I was actually talking to Les Evans, who's going to be a speaker on your um, summit. I was talking with him on the phone, uh, over the weekend and I said to him, the uh, less, you know, have you, have you seen the latest algorithm change? He goes, what did you, what do you mean? The latest change you phoned me two days ago to tell me about this change. <laughs> I said to him, yeah, but it's another one now. <laughs> oh and that's God. the thing I, I actually said to him, you know, I, I spend probably about four days working a week and the other two days to three days a week, I spend researching. And my team does as well mm. researching. What is the latest trend what's happening now and things because. Each of these platforms that you deal with in the marketing world, right? They just change how it, how the game is played from week to week to week. I mean, sometimes days to days to days.
0: Do you know how many times Google changed their algorithm last year? I don't, didn't you say it was like something like nineteen thousand or some some ridiculous figure? No, I was over like over nine, over nineteen thousand times they changed their algorithm
1: last That's year. That's astronomical it's, it's impossible for a normal business person like yourself, Mm. who's trying to run their business to keep up with that. It's just, Mm. it's impossible to stay on, on top of it. So the question is begged, how do you stay on top of it as a normal business owner? Um, And I can say that, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can do this. You can, you can kind of, you can either read a hell of a lot like I do um, mm. and, and subscribe to hundreds of blogs and all that kind of thing and just try and filter through the mess as best you can. There's a couple of really top people in the marketing world that are worth following. Neil Patel follow. is a very good one to follow. Gary Vee is a very good one to follow. There's a couple of other big, bigger ones that specialize in sort of privatized corporate marketing. If you're a big enough company, then that's people you should go and look up. But the best, the best thing that you as a business owner can do is just contact and reach out to marketers and ask for tips. Mm. You know, the, the funny thing that I found in the marketing world is, is we're a funny bunch. Um, we kind of <laughs> like talking about the stuff we do. <laughs> so you can kind of bounce some ideas off. I mean, you can ask companies for inquiries i do that to other marketing companies i i reach out to them and i say hey look i mean we're thinking of doing this uh you know what 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 do you what would you guys think is the best way to do this and sometimes Mm -hmm. i've i've been informed hey that's not the right way to go about it or this is the right way to go about it um and so for you as a business owner don't don't try and absorb all of it yourself you'll never get on top of it i can tell you that now i mean we struggle to stay on top of it but what you can do is you can you can sort of absorb a little bit of useful information here a little bit of useful information here and then the final thing that you can do as a business owner and this is really critical do not try and do all of it you can't it's impossible if you want to do well at digital marketing as a business owner and you're not going to outsource it to a company like mine right you're going to go and do it all yourself individually you will not have a company in five days because that's all you will be doing Instead, what you should be doing is pick one platform that you want to work with, one that suits your business type. um, And that's a very important key component. And the type of market that you specifically want to chase. And then go directly at that. And in fact, there's two ways you can do it. Uh, One is through community building, which I'm going to be talking at your summit about uh, community building and community management uh, processes. Um, and then the other way is through very, very focused target approaches, um, and uh, and and just become a specialist in one platform, and that's the best I can advice I can say to an entrepreneur that wants to do some of their own marketing. Um, you know,
0: it's interesting. The there's a there's an old saying in the UK or a British saying more than anything else, and they say the jack of all trades. What do they call it? Master yeah, of the, none. Exactly, and you know it's so true because. I'm so sick and tired of people who try to serve everyone. They try to be an expert of everyone. It's a, it's a bit like <laughs> taking can't. it's a bit like taking a birthday cake, right? And 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 everyone wants everyone is going after the, the the whole birthday cake, right? But the realization is is and this is a really good point, guys, if you're listening. Okay, is to actually take like a small piece of that birthday cake and become, I suppose, an expert at you know uh, at that particular. You know, niche or or that particular industry or whatever it is. And I I find that just by honing down and, you know, by, uh, I suppose, laser focusing on that particular niche and becoming an expert in that 1% field, you're going to become a, uh, you're going to, (laughs) you're going to become successful in your own right. So it is...
1: I mean, you can, you can do it with everything in the digital advertising space. Okay. The one thing I'm going to also say, which is going to be very controversial is I'm not a big social media person. Mm. I don't, I I have seen the value of these platforms fall rapidly in the last eight to 12 months. Um, Mm. They were already sort of tanking before that, but they really plummeted a lot now. In fact, that was the point of our conversation the other day and, and, and one thing I'll say is, is you can you can do quite a lot with paid advertising these days. Really, really smart, intelligent, focused paid advertising. You can do a lot with it. And I know everybody's got that story. You know, oh, I ran that that Facebook ad campaign, and I put like a thousand dollars in, and I made no money out of it. And I, you know, I got all these rubbish leads. Yeah, that's because you didn't first learn how to utilize the platform and you didn't learn how to talk to your correct market. There's a general rule that I say to people that want to build marketing campaigns. Test everything. Micro tests. Mm. yeah. Yep. I mean we'll we'll run a micro test on a new campaign for like twenty dollars just right. for two days just to see whether there's any feedback in that area and that response mm-hmm. will really target in on specific locations so it goes beyond even just you know what you were describing of niche your focus become so niche at your niche that you are the ultimate nisher <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sorry cheesiness uh, <laughs> but yeah that's that's kind of where um kind of where you where where you can really get some great results is by testing on a small scale and then once you've kind of worked out what's working what's not working what's responding and this can be everything from what image do you use or are you Mm -hmm. using video over a single image or are you advertising are you doing your paid advertising just in google Um, google is Mm -hmm. delivering amazing paid advertising results at the moment Mm -hmm. and and you can actually see some amazing returns there but you need to be able to know how to design your ads, pick the right keywords and all this. And you can test, just test in microcosms. The, it costs you nothing to spend a month testing and see what works and what doesn't work. True. And then drop, you know, two, $3,000. You'll, you'll suddenly go, woof, your taps will explode. And you'll be yeah. like, oh, my word, I don't know what to do with all these things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the next step. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Interestingly enough, I I was going to ask you because I know that you kind of already mentioned it before about, you know, kind of laser focusing on one particular platform that you think would be kind of where your ideal market kind of hangs out. But I I guess... And this is, I suppose, in a way, it's not so much more of a concern now, but it used to be. But I know for a fact that our listeners are going to be concerned about this. Let's go. To, uh, let's talk about content because when you watch people like Gary V, for example, and, and I love Gary V, by the way, I think he's a great guy. I know he's he's the type of person that just talks no bullshit type of thing. But what I really love, uh, what what re- what was really interesting, I was listening to a podcast about content, and Gary says. When you create content, you need to be on every platform, get it out there three times a day if you want to get any traction and you've got to be consistent and you've got to just go all out. But I'd love to get your opinion on this because, you know, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I'm expecting probably a different answer from you, obviously, but what's your, what's your take on this?
1: So, I, I mean, Gary Vee is really a, a, a beast, but you've also got to remember who his client market is. His mm. client market is massive corporate companies. Mm. So, yeah, in his sphere that he is talking, he's 100% right. They do have to be on every platform, every mm. space, all the time, constantly. Although I would disagree with the constantly part, even for big corporate companies. Right. Um, the reason is is that in 20 early 2020, right, People all dived onto the internet because of the big CV, right? And everybody kind of dived onto it and started delivering as much content. And there's so much noise out there now um, because of this, this just absolute content farm dump, right? And people can't cut through it. There just isn't enough time in their lives to cut through it. They're not interested. And, they, and they've and they got what I call content fatigue. Um, <laughs> there is... Good content that you can do and in actual fact i've got a very uh, a very good friend of ours that's also based here in uh, south africa um, mr tim slatter who who focuses on content driven marketing strategies for financial industry and he does amazing him and his team do amazing amazing work specifically for financial advisors Mm -hmm. and what and and he and I actually had a meeting just before this call to discuss some new content strategy development that we're working on together for our clients. And uh, and the one thing that that, that we both said is, is we have seen a content fatigue online specifically. If you if you transition your your content into something like an email or a once a month high quality blog, quality is really where content does well. If your quality of your blogs are... You know oh i'm just going to throw up a quickie you know half page rubbish smash together blog with no interest or anything like that um yeah you're not going to get anything you're just not going to get viewership you're not going to get readership uh, and most importantly you're not going to get repeat viewership and repeat readership and that's kind of where the crux of power content marketing comes in is the ability to deliver high quality not overbearing and constantly in your face kind of content volumes but enough that it keeps people engaged and interested and the other one that we've also talked about is, is when you do content for for people that can start a conversation between them and their clients if it's a if your relationship is with a b2b company then it's delivering them content that they can then take to their clients and say hey you know have you thought about this or you know oh i read this really interesting thing and it starts a content conversation um and that's ultimately what you want to do and i'll i'll go into this a lot more in detail on the summit um because it's one of the components of of of, uh, community marketing Mm -hmm. but for the purpose of answering your question yeah i i disagree with gary the vehemently for most small to medium scale businesses, Mm -hmm. dumping everything onto multiple platforms is a waste of time. You're just going to end up spending too much of your ad budget. You won't really get return. Anybody that's tracking their Facebook interactions in the last sort of six months will have noticed Mm -hmm. the numbers have plummeted massively. And at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, um, Adam, do you want vanity stats or do you want sales? And that's always the question I ask clients. I like, if you want vanity stats, I can get you likes, I can get you follows, I can get you, by all means, but they don't turn into money. No. And that's the trick. You've got to learn how to build the money machine out of your marketing. It's true. And less is often more.
0: You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I believe is really needed, especially in 21, is the importance for engagement and connection, right? Yeah. So creating content, which is going to create conversations, which is going to lead to trust and understanding and an empathy, uh, which is then going to lead to sales because when there's trust and there's this element of trust and relationship building, then that's where the conversations are going to lead. And, and, uh, and honesty.
1: Honesty is a real big thing. I mean, yeah. we have seen in some of our clients when we used to run old adverts. So in 2019, we used to run some adverts some, for some of our clients. And we bent the truth a little. I mean, we used some manipulative marketing tactics and things like that. And it got really good results. And sure. then we try to use it again in 2020 and it fell flat in its face and so began an exploration for almost four months of trying to work out what's working what's not working Mm. um and we found just be really honest be really you know take take the attitude that the person that you're talking to online has probably been lied to screwed over manipulated everything Mm. else in the last year and this trust is at an all-time low i mean even in society, I don't mean just online, but distrust is at an all-time low. So if you can become a source of information and value, really good value right. to a client um, that they know they can trust, um, and it's not just an automated system, it's a real person. It's one of the things mm. I love about your, your branding style is you come across as a real person, mm. happy to have a conversation happy to jump onto linkedin and just say hey how's it going you know what's up man and the two-minute interaction once a week makes a huge difference for people yeah, absolutely um, and we're seeing that as well for our clients so we're actually pushing interaction engagement processes much harder this year mm-hmm. than we have in previous years
0: yeah interesting because i know that a lot of people right now and and what i've certainly done it in the past is to try and automate and systemize things like this but you know it doesn't work because, and an example of this is, for example, I know that LinkedIn, as an example, uh, they you, you know they, they they can pick up if you're using some particular bot or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work, guys, because you know people need this. Like I said, they they need to have human interaction. They need to feel that there's that they're speaking to a real person in the first place, uh, and not speaking to a to to a robot, which is just completely you know, it's just doesn't, it goes against the grain, really, it doesn't build a trust there and whatever it is. But I think,
1: I think everybody is at the moment, sorry to cut you. Yeah, Um, I think everybody at the moment is, you know, a lot of people are in lockdown. So they're not Mm. socializing, they're not seeing people, right? Long before that, you know, every institution that you dealt with, I mean, when you were younger, did you go and you met with your banker, right? Nowadays, you pick up the phone and you phone an automated telephone, right? Exactly. you've lost the human element in the world of business and and i think it was sufferable until the big cv problem but now it's become so apparent that people are hungry for it if you can mm. if you can turn your business into a platform that can allow that personal real personal touch i mean we've we've mm. even started writing emails individually to clients on behalf of other clients like that's mm. That's a that's a real personal value touch there, and people respond. I mean, we've we've seen it in our open rates have gone up massively in those. We've seen it in all these things. So it's yeah,
0: interesting, really interesting. I want to talk a little bit about well, we kind of touched in a little bit before around the whole kind of how social media platforms, you know, because they've been around for many years, and like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever it is, they've been around for quite a number of years. And you know, I feel right now we had this conversation last week, right, about the whole kind of, you know, why is it that I'm not getting the engagement I used to, or why is it that people are not seeing my posts? And I'm thinking to myself, is it because people are asleep? Is it because is it because it was the wrong time of the day? Right. And then you and then we were talking about this last week and it's like, no they're manipulating they've got these (laughs) they've got these weird algorithms now which is basically they don't like you anymore type of thing and i'm and and i'm like okay we need to have conversation about this because you know um because i'm sure that our listeners are probably thinking the same thing they're like uh this doesn't happen to me normally but what's going on around this but yeah let's let's talk about how to get around the whole kind of manipulation oh man we could you're be here for about, quite some time, here, guys. Yeah, I was right? gonna say, man, we could we could start another three podcasts.
1: Conversation. <laughs> it's like, which platform do you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> really, like, the, what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with companies that have basically a tech monopoly over the world at the moment and and in fact we've just seen it now with um, the disillusion of parlor right having all the parlor pulled and all the rest of it Mm. basically overnight and that's that's pure collusion between three massive companies that have done that but at the same time that they're doing stuff like that killing the competitors they're also manipulating you the user and they're trying to basically put you into little bubbles and the algorithms are working like that. They want to they want to keep you interacting with the same groups of people because they know that those groups of people talk back to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the algorithm is triggering. It's it's sort of looking at uh, let, let, let's actually use uh, Clubhouse as a good example of a of a of a, f- a format which they're sort of semi-emulating. Does that make sense? Okay. Say let's take all of your listeners now, you and me. We all jump onto a Clubhouse. Right. But now you're not allowed to go anywhere. Now you're dealing with Facebook's algorithm. That's how it works. You can only talk to each other. You can only see each other. You can only interact with each other. Um, And then maybe what they'll do is, is they'll bring one or two here or there that might have correlatory interaction potential. And then they'll bring them into the conversation every now and again. And, and that's why when you look at your Facebook feed, for example, I'm going to just use Facebook because it's probably one that the listeners are most familiar with. But when you look at your Facebook feed, you're probably seeing the same 40 to 60 odd people, um, repeat True. posts, the same companies, even the same adverts, the same, True. all of mm. this. And basically what they're doing is they're putting you in little bubbles. Mm. Now, the question becomes, can you as an end user get out of it? Not really, to be honest with you. It's very difficult for you as an end user to get out of it. But you as a business, you can actually get out of it. The only problem is it's going to cost you a little bit of money. And that's part of their business model. Um, they they have to monetize. They, they, they are at a scale now where their VC capital funding has sort of run out. Their volatility in the stock market is, you know, mm. I mean, just last week, $123 billion. That was how much they've lost since banning the president of the United States
0: between crazy, Twitter and Crazy.
1: So, their volatility is so massive that they actually need a steady income cash flow source. Um, you, you and I both know that cash is king, right? Cash flow is king in a business. Uh, and they're no different. Um, and so, what they're doing is they're trying to create that. They're trying to find ways to monetize. Right. Um, the other thing that they're also trying to do is they're trying to isolate uh, conversation types. So, for example, if you're regularly on there espousing political whatevers, then they're going to isolate you. They're going to keep you away from other people. Same thing with your businesses. If your businesses are posting, you know, special interest stuff Mm. that may conflict, they're going to isolate you. Um, And that's why I say say to people, you know, just whatever you do on Facebook or any platform for that matter is don't get ideological. Stay away from it. Leave that to the politicians, leave that to the religious figures, whatever else. Uh, and I've been guilty of this, I know. I mean, you can go back through my Facebook history and you can you know, see it. You know, it's interesting. It two years, three you, know, years
0: we're br- you know, we're bringing this conversation up. <laughs> I always say to my clients, I always say never bring up politics and religion ever in your, uh, in your posts or whatever it is. Keep your beliefs to yourself because I can guarantee you it will be your downfall because everyone else has their own opinions. And they're always casting judgments on yourself and whatever it might be. And again, Facebook is no different, right? Yeah. Well, Facebook punishes and penalizes you big time, yeah. even in your
1: adverts. I mean, I'll give you an example. We ran an advert last year mm-hmm. while the elections were going on and we all know what the, <laughs> what the U.S. election was like. Right. Right. So while the elections were going on, we actually ran an advert for a company in the States and we put this advert up and, within about an hour and a half, it had got flagged and returned back to us and said to us, no, you can't post this ad. So we went through it and it said, um, we had done political speech. And I was like, really, we've done political speech for a housing company. Like (laughs) like, there's no political speech in this thing at all. What are you talking about? So I went through the ad and I reviewed it. I gave it to one of my guys and I was like, what do you think? And, And he's like, I don't know. I've got no idea what they're coming up with. Let's try again. I mean, we'll take some of the bits out and we'll try again. We tried again. um, And this is where Facebook really nails you. So then they came back to us and they said, no, this absolutely is political speech. And we're giving your ad account a warning. Now, remember, we run ads for companies all over the world. An ad account warning is the worst thing you can get, because if you get another strike, your ad account gets locked for a couple of days. Um, So we were like, oh, damn, well, now we need to really think hard. So we started to look at it from a different perspective. And I actually phoned a couple marketing guys. And you know what it was, Adam? What? We had an American flag in the picture, but in the background and the American flag marketing for an American company in America was considered a political symbol.
0: Jesus, come on, man, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So let's go back to the original question: What's how do yeah. we get around this whole kind of manipulation, and what is it that we can do as businesses, as entrepreneurs, to to get back or maybe reset those algorithms or whatever it is? Is there anything that we can do? So. I mean, the the big thing I would say to you uh, is it depends on
1: which platform you're on, first off. Um, Some of the algorithms are far more forgiving than others. Uh, Facebook is not forgiving, but there are tricks you can do to get around it. One of the things you can do is is if you're running adverts, uh, if you're you're running a, a business page, you can boost your advert. Um, using the standard little boost button and then you go through a whole process of of, uh, editing the advert and targeting it and all the rest of it and you can just spend a little bit of money about $100 to $150 you have to find what's called ad breakpoints which is where the algorithm realizes actually you know these guys are okay let let it go right the algorithm sort of stops hanging on with the breaks right Um, and that's going to come down to whatever keywords you're using so the more contested the keywords the more money you're going to have to spend to reach that breakpoint. so for example if you're in oh god forbid you're in child's toys <laughs> good luck i hope you've got a big ad budget um it's the most contested ad field in the world don't try and advertise in child's toys <laughs> but you could do in business entrepreneurship and things and it's it's typically there around between depends on the country that you're going to going to boost to and and that's the other thing don't try and boost to oh i'll boost to europe don't, please don't do that. You're just wasting your time. Yeah. Um, boost to very specific countries and, and even specific areas, uh, Ter- if you mm-hmm. can, you know, mm-hmm. provinces or, or counties or states or territories, mm-hmm. whatever it's mm-hmm. called in your country, because what's going to happen is, is that some of them are more favored. So I'm just going to use the UK, for example, like in the UK, there is a clear in Facebook size, a clear North and South divide. Okay. The North is considered evil bad and unpleasant
0: <laughs> it's those scottish people sorry sorry if there are any scottish it's listeners even here, I apologize. all the way from birmingham up <laughs> but um
1: no it's it, it's kind of all you need to do is you need to remember that facebook is a I, I hate being political but they're a left left-leaning platform bordering on left-wing platform right um and so if you tailor if you just follow where the sort of trends are of the world of where are the you know left-wing talking hubs, then you know that's the area that you can quite safely advertise to ironically by boosting into that area separately, and then you can advertise north of that in a different way. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to be more careful in the north. So that's just an example from a country um, on Facebook. If you're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's actually pretty chill. Um, probably one of my favorite platforms at the moment, especially mm-hmm. for businesses. Yeah. But LinkedIn's not like Facebook. If you start posting rubbish, this is really important. If you start posting rubbish like you would post on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, the algorithm will pick you up and it will flag your account. It'll flag it as it's a closed flagging. You can't tell you're flagged, but it will flag your account. And then it'll monitor what you post from then on afterwards. And if you carry on posting rubbish, well... You might even lose your account. <laughs> wow. Or they'll just stranglehold you. They'll do uh, what's called shadow banning. Twitter is famous for its shadow banning, for example. Mm. Um, and you'll mm. find that on Twitter quite a lot. Um, until recently, Parler was quite a good platform. They mm. weren't actually that censorious. They were quite good about you know what was and wasn't allowed. Reddit is a fantastic business platform. If you aren't on aren't doing stuff on Reddit and you've got a, a really solid um uh, sort of service industry business. Reddit's a great platform for you. Same thing with LinkedIn's also a really good platform. Instagram. Sure. I'm looking so forward to that speaker you got coming. Man, influencer <laughs> natasha, oh, grano? Natasha, no, natasha grano natasha absolutely you yeah, know i a... followed, followed her stuff for a little while actually from a marketer's standpoint because i found her her way that she attacks instagram a really interesting from a technical standpoint she's she's really knows her stuff absolutely so i'm looking very forward to that talk definitely because um, instagram is probably my least knowledgeable platform to be honest with you so sure. uh, we're, we're we're getting better at it but uh mm. but it's definitely my personal least knowledge platform. Definitely. So, yeah. I hope that answers some of the questions of absolutely 100. percent the 100%. problem is you're
0: asking a question that's got like thousands got some, of answers. <laughs> I want 100. No, but it gives you a bit. It gives a great oh. brief overview and stuff. But uh, again, again, I come back to my original point, Adam. Pick a yep. platform
1: yep. and work with that platform. And the platform really needs to really needs to suit your business. If you're in a product delivery company do not please spend your time on LinkedIn. It's not going to be a, there's no point to it. You know, unless you're trying to wholesale, there's no Mm -hmm. point to it. LinkedIn is really a B2B platform or a a service industries platform. It's not really a platform for you. I mean, you'll, you'll do really well on Instagram. In fact, Instagram's just introduced a new shop mechanic, which fully ties in with full WooCommerce stores and stuff. And we're seeing Awesome results with that in terms of product sales, particularly if your product can be what I can, what I say, visualized, so easily understood through a visual manipulation, nice Um, video or, or image or something like that
0: yeah absolutely i mean as um rory had mentioned you know Natasha's going to be on the game Changers summit and uh, if you don't already follow natasha she's got 1.3 million uh <laughs> followers on instagram so she is the instagram queen as i like to call her and she's also a personal friend of mine so uh she's, she's gonna
1: a, also a beast at monetizing it and that's she's really a, the part that interests me she is a beast don't you get know, me she's, wrong she's she's it's, it's all well and good, like I said, having the vanity stats, but to be able to turn it into a money-making machine, I mean, that's yeah. the part of Absolutely. that talk
0: I'm looking forward to, really. 100%, definitely. Yeah. So I was going to say, last question, really. What I know that this is a, a little bit of a minefield, but I know that some people or some of our listeners right now are, are really struggling to uh, attract leads, You know, because we're working in the digital space. They might not have Uh, you know, so much experience in working in, working in the digital revolution as such, but any sort of really kind of quick tips about how to increase leads in the business. Mm, Quick tips. Let's see. Um, First off email suddenly
1: become a really powerful tool again. Um, It Mm. died quite hard uh, the last couple of years, Um, but it's really come back with a vengeance. People, are constantly in front of their computers. They're constantly checking their email. And if you're writing, like I said, really custom-tailored stuff to people, uh, it's very good on that front. So never underestimate the value of email marketing. It can, it can be very good. And mm. I'm not talking about buying lists and then sending mails like that. I'm talking uh. about communicating value content to your clients, mm. who then disseminate it to other people. Right. Um, we found that to be a really good a really good strategy with some some businesses. Nice. Um, as far as generating leads, you know. The best piece of advice I can give to you, in a sort of short nutshell, build a community. I mean, I'm going to talk about it at length, but build a community, because you can. That way, you can do your filtering process. You can um, you can kind of build the type of target market audience that you want, and then through just being you or just being your company, you know, your company's being sort of a, a personal relation to them. Um, they, you can actually filter out all the crappy people that you don't really want and you'll land up with a really nice group of of people that eventually probably will become brand advocates as long as you look after them you know as long as you're not as long as you're not shoveling them Rubbish. <laughs> right. So I'm trying hard not to swear here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, freedom
0: of speech, my friend. Freedom of speech.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I, the reason I'm careful about it is, because I I know what the algorithms look for in audio as well nowadays, and they're really. That's why you'll never hear me refer to you know the big thing as anything other than the big VC, especially in audio recordings, because it does heavily impact your your algorithm. Sure. Um. Last thing on the leads front, you know. It sort of just popped into me, but please, guys, don't don't misunderstand the value of a really, really solid organic marketing facility. Um, you know, a, a really powerful brand website and and that kind of thing really goes a long way for for supporting your thing. You know, lo- years ago, websites were you know all the rage and everybody had to have one and things, and then it sort of lost its value and it became squeeze pages and landing pages and that stuff. And now, in the the time of COVID, where people are st- or are still online. Oh, bloody hell, I just said it. Uh, <laughs> people are online. They have really sort of taken to spending time on good quality branded sites. And you use them, instead of using them just as a, as a calling card or a business card, use them as a hub point. Um, for all of your different kinds of engagement points. So your email marketing, your stuff like that. Drive people through it. In, include blogs there. Make it a trafficable resource. Make it something that people want to come visit. Drop some videos there. I mean, you can even host your YouTube videos onto your websites. Nowadays, with a simple plugin. It's not very difficult right. to implement. And, and if you're doing some kind of online product store thing, that works really well. And then if you're coupling that with a great, like, you know, tell people about your website that they should come and visit and why they should come and visit and what's so, you know, why it's different from just a, a squeeze or a landing page, you know, um, I, I actually find those have really lost a lot of value in the last sort of six to 12 months or so in terms mm-hmm. of their performance. Um, I'm not saying that landing pages don't work. They do work. Uh, they just got to be very carefully designed. I, I, I find it's, Having a solid organic campaign, which means having a strong brand and a strong brand image that people want to talk to each other about online specifically, makes it really worth doing. And it comes back to what you were saying earlier, Adam, have a conversation, have a conversation. And that's why I think this Clubhouse thing is so cool, because it, it kind of
0: promotes that, right? Absolutely. 100%. I, I in, in fact, we're going to be doing, uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, we're going to be doing Clubhouse events actually on a regular regular basis so if you're not already on Clubhouse by the way guys please do me a favor and follow uh, myself my, my username is uh, at Adam Strong Rory what's yours? At R.C. Atkinson there you go R.C. Atkinson so make sure you follow us on, on, on Clubhouse you'll be able to get notifications on our uh, on some of the events uh, we got loads of events coming up um, up on Clubhouse and there is just some wicked conversations and you know the, the beauty about Clubhouse is that you can get like some really good one-on-one coaching, you know, get some really good input from some really top speakers, you know, millionaires and, you know, just real leaders in their field. And I just love that about Clubhouse, the whole kind of connection. And I think they really nailed it there. So um, no, it's, a, it's an
1: amazing platform. It's It needs a little bit of work. It's still in beta. So... Forgive it for being a little bit clunky here and there, but I think it's, I really do think it's a fantastic platform. I mean, I'll I'll give you a simple example, Adam. This weekend, I spent four and a half hours total on Clubhouse. I just jumped into random rooms and started some conversations and and had like business rooms and the conversations in them were actually all really good. So don't Mm. just think I was just dropping in on random things and (laughs) (laughs) wasting my time, but I landed up with three leads out of that. Three, nice. three separate leads out of it. Sweet. And that's for four and a half hours worth of just popping in randomly to play around with the, with the application. So, absolutely, you know,
0: give nice it a bash time. guys, uh, absolutely. have a conversation. Very good. So listen, guys, I was going to say, hope you, oh, by the way, I just want to say a big thank you to, to you, Rory, for being on the show today. I really appreciate that and sharing some Anytime, of your man. tips and insights and marketing. So that's really cool. So thanks very much for that. And listen, yeah. guys. If you are interested in connecting with Rory, please do so on his social media links on below. Uh, Rory's going to be one of our speakers on the Game Changer Summit, which is free to join. Uh, start January 27th to 29th. Make sure you click on the link below and you'll be able to uh, listen to um, Rory amongst 23 other speakers, including myself and the likes of Natasha Grano, which we've already mentioned, and uh, people like Marshall Goldsmith and uh, people like Dr. John D. Martini as well. Absolutely huge lineup massive lineup it's going to be epic we're going to have a lot of fun and the beauty <laughs> about it is that it's going to be live which means it's going to be uh connection uh it's going to be you you're just going to be surrounding yourself with su- super successful people that's going to take your life and your business to the next level so listen enough chit chat uh hope you've enjoyed <laughs> the show today <laughs> yeah and thank uh, you very much for having me on adam Awesome, Rory. Take care of yourself, everybody, uh, and see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, hello, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights